Hey there, and welcome to the United Church Podcast. We are a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love. We are striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you enjoy this week's homily. Well, we begin every single gathering that we have up on the hill with unitedchurch.live. So I know that a lot of you are probably watching this on your phones, and that's cool. No problem there. But uh, if you would, just take a minute and switch applications to the interwebs and go to unitedchurch.live. It's an opportunity for you to check in and connect with our community that way. So there's a simple thing that you can do. Just right down here on the bottom, you click that little check-in button. And what that check-in button will do is take you to a little web form. And that web form will then give you the opportunity to just submit prayer requests. So we want to be a community that is continually praying for one another, that we're we're paying attention to the needs that are arising within our community. And this is this is a really simple way for us to do that. So even though we can't be together physically and we get to inhabit this sort of virtual space this afternoon, it's an opportunity for us to still connect with one another uh, through prayer. So Go ahead and fill that out. If there's anything that you're interested in volunteering with, being a part of through that, go ahead and click that as well as you kind of scroll through. And then give us your email address. I'm going to be bold and say, give us that email address. And the reason why is because we send out a weekly newsletter that goes out usually every Tuesday morning, an opportunity for us to connect with the things that are going on within the life of our community. A couple of cool things that are happening is this Tuesday night, we're launching a new small group called Reunion. It's an opportunity for us to kind of dive in deep relationally with one another, but also answer some really deep-seated questions that we might have regarding faith, regarding who Jesus is, who God is, whether God even exists, kind of how all those sorts of things play out. But then also on Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we have another small group that's launching. We're launching two small groups this week, which is is pretty exciting and pretty awesome. And it's led by Lydia York. She's a student at SPU, and it's specifically geared to college students. And so if you're interested in that, you can also sign up in there for Lydia's small group. So make sure that you are checking that stuff out, that you're, you're signing in, that you're logging in, that you're a part of this stuff. We sent on an email just a couple of days ago to let you know that our gathering was shifting into this virtual space. And so it's an opportunity for you when we send out these sort of last minute sort of notices to make sure that you're up to date with things and that you don't have to be tied to Facebook all the time, right? So this morning I wanted to start with a prayer, kind of like we normally do. And again, on the unitedchurch.live page, if you after, after you've checked in, you'll come back to this. And if you just click the me versus you, we've been in a series called Relationship Intention, where we're talking about the different relationships that kind of, kind of push back and forth and that we find intention with one another. And so I want to invite you to click on that because what we have on there are all of our different prayers, all of the things that we go through on a normal Sunday gathering. And so if you would just join me in this prayer, it's the prayer for the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. So that's where we find ourselves at currently in the church calendar. So let's take a moment and pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life, which you have made known to us in your son, our savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
I hope you guys are enjoying the wonderful weather, <laughs> the cold. Uh, we got we had the opportunity to go up the hill yesterday. We are pretty lucky that we live on one of the arterial routes to get up the hill. And so we see snow plows drive by us pretty frequently, which is kind of nice. And it lulls us into a false sense of security as to just how terrible the roads really are. And we got the chance to go up the hill uh, up into Queen Anne yesterday and do some sledding. Elliot was sledding down the streets, you know, a normal Seattle, uh, I guess, uh, tradition when the, when the snow gets kind of crazy. And so we spent some time up there yesterday, but the, the roads are pretty bad. And so <laughs> SDOT is actually doing a really good job of kind of of making sure that our roads are doing really well and they're really clear. So. Make sure that you, if you see somebody in a, in a snowplow or in the S-Dot trucks, that you just say thank you because they're kind of they're kind of missing some time with their with their kids. They don't get the opportunity to do all the sledding that that we do uh, in the midst of this. So let's just take a moment and say thank you to them whenever you see them out and about. So this morning we're going to do just kind of a, a shortened homily, uh, trying to we're trying to experiment. I guess we're trying to figure out what this live streaming sort of deal is. I've never done. So it's kind of strange for me to just kind of stare at a phone and uh, talk to you all through this really cool thing called the interwebs. And so we are continuing in a series called Relationships Intention. And today we're talking about me versus you, the, the kind of the difficult relationships that we experience between friends, family, co-workers, how those, even neighbors, how those sorts of environments, we find this, this sort of tension that takes place in the midst of that. And so some of you are like, oh, this fits really well because I'm cooped up in my house with my kids and I want to strangle every single one of them or just send them outside to go play in the street, which is actually okay at this point because they're mostly closed. <laughs> so, but we find that sort of tension because we're in these close quarters, these close proximities with one another. And we're, we're really frustrated, especially after the snow days that happened last week and the I know the snow days that are probably going to happen this week. And so some of us are a little at tension with our spouses, with our partners, with our kids, and we're a little like, ah, oh, we just feel that tension. Some of you, however, are really excited about the snow days because you're like, yes, that means I don't have, I may not have to go to work tomorrow. Like if this snow that hits this afternoon and this evening actually hits, I may not have to go to work tomorrow and I may not have to see Gary, right? because it's always a Gary that you never want to see at work because your intention with them, like they may have done something or they have said something off kilter and you're just really frustrated with them at the moment. You just don't want to find yourself in that space, in that, in that close quarters of the office environment. <coughs> and so, yep. let me take you to sip of some coffee. And so we find ourselves in these spaces of tension with one another. Really, wow. I don't know what I ate for, I think that's some, no, I'm not gonna tell you what I think that was. It's coming back up. <coughs> Sorry. Anyhow, we find ourselves in these sorts of relational tension places, these, these, these places where we rub back and forth with one another. I remember back in the day before marriage when I was living with a roommate 
we were we were finding ourselves in a, in a pretty tense environment, a pretty tense situation, and we were trying to let off some of that steam by playing PlayStation, like the original PlayStation, like back in the day PlayStation, and we were playing an NBA season where we were battling against each other, trying to trying to one up each other, trying to make sure that we had the better stats against each other, that we were going undefeated, and I kind of blew it. Right, like I blew my season and I lost my first game. And I got so frustrated, I got so angry that I had lost this game that I quite literally chucked the controller and it shut off the system without saving the game. So it didn't save my place in the season. And of course my roommate was pretty upset that my blemished record was not saved for all eternity on this PlayStation device. And so we started to argue back and forth about what to do, how to rectify this situation. And of course I said, oh, I'll just play it again and we'll see ha what happens. But of course that wasn't fair. And we started to battle more and more and more to the point where we actually started to fight. We, we found each other in like these wrestling moves, grappling with one another as we bounced around the room to the point that we literally broke my bed. The bed, like the, the, the upper corner where my head would rest, broke and my bed was literally cattywampus for the next three to four weeks because it took that long for maintenance to come in and fix my bed, right? We fought, we fought and we fought. And it's quite frustrating. It was quite debilitating in some respects, but we kind of shoved it aside, right? Because that's what we do. We become very passive aggressive in some of our relationships and we kind of shove things aside. We push them aside and we let them just kind of sit in that space. Well, this isn't a new thing that we experience, right? These sort of relationships, uh, these relationships that we find ourselves in tension, whether coworkers, whether friends, whether roommates, whether family members, we, th these aren't new sorts of tensions that we experience. In fact, one of my favorite stories from scripture takes place in John chapter 21. And I, I like it so much because it's really strange. It's just kind of a strange ending to the book of John, where, where Jesus has risen from the dead and he's appeared to the disciples in the upper room first, right? He appears to them and they're like, whoa, Jesus really did raise from the dead. That, that lady, Mary, who uh, went to go check on the body and to do some burial sorts of things and came back and said, he has risen. She wasn't actually insane. She wasn't actually crazy. We should listen to her. And then he appeared again about a week later, specifically to Thomas. To say, no, Thomas, look, one of, his, one of the twelve, one of his disciples said, no, look, Thomas, I really am alive. But here is this third sort of iteration of Jesus' appearance to his disciples, and it happens on the beach. He's on the beach, and his friends had gone out, Peter especially, and John had gone out, and Didymus had gone out to the, gone out on the water to go fishing. And here's Jesus standing on the shore, standing on the shore, right? Yelling out to his friends, hey, how's the fishing? Right? And they're like, oh, we're not catching anything. But they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. And he says, hey, throw the net to the other side of the boat. And these are like experienced fishermen, right? Like, like super experienced fishermen. And throws his net, they throw their net over to the other side just to, I don't know, appease this guy, right? This stranger on the beach that they're not quite sure who it is. And so the net goes in and they haul in like this massive, massive amount of fish. 153 is what John records. Like it's that poignant of a moment for them that they're like, whoa, this is, 
this is awesome. Like we just caught 153 fish in this net. But Peter recognizes that it's Jesus and he jumps out of the boat and runs and like swims and runs all the way to the shore where Jesus is making them breakfast, right? Like that's what's the odd piece for me. And it's, it's actually quite beautiful, but he's making them breakfast. He's sitting there on the beach knowing exactly who was out in the water and that they were gonna come and hang out with him and he's making them breakfast. But I think the coolest part of it is that this is the first time that he gets to interact with Peter in a one-on-one sort of thing. And and this is after Peter denied Jesus three times, right before Jesus was crucified, right before he was executed. Peter denied knowing Jesus. Even, Even after saying he would never deny Jesus, ever, 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 he denies him three times in public to all sorts of different people. And that's gotta hurt, right? Like, this is one of his best friends that all of a sudden now is like, yeah, I don't, I don't know this guy. Like, I, I don't really want anything to do with this. I, I don't know. And he flees and he runs and he kind of, he just leaves them all alone. But here is Jesus now. After visiting with all of the disciples at one point in the upper room, Peter, who was also in that room, Then again with the disciples and specifically talking to Thomas, Jesus hasn't addressed the elephant in the room with Peter, right? He hasn't hasn't spent that time with him to say, hey, bro, not cool. Like this, like what you did in denying me three times, like that hurt, man. Like that's not fair. And I can't believe you did that when you said you wouldn't. I, I I thought we were cool. I thought we were bros, right? And... He hadn't spent that time to literally dive in with Peter. But here he is on the beach making breakfast, concocting this meal, being really intentional about his time. And then he looks at Peter and he says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He he jumps in. He steps in to the junk of what had happened with Peter and and Jesus, right? He jumped into the junk of their relationship, of the of the struggle that they were experiencing, the struggle that they were facing. He he jumped in and he intentionally started to tackle it one on one, man to man. Like, hey, do you love me? And, and Peter was like, of, of course I love you, Jesus. Of, of course. Like, what what are, you, what are you talking about? Then feed my sheep, right? Like Jesus responds, then do this, and he says it again. Do you do you love me? Do you? Love, and, and Peter's like. Yeah, I just told you, right? Like, what's going on? And and Jesus does it again. Peter, do you love me? Yes, of course. I I thought we dealt with this already. I thought this was good. Like, what? Like, this is the third time. But Jesus is being super intentional with Peter, stepping into the junk of their relationship. He's not allowing it to fester, right? He's not allowing that ball of tension or that ball of frustration to just be passed aside. I think that's what we like to do in our culture. I, I think that's what we like to do, especially here in Seattle, right? We're such a we're such a passive aggressive sort of culture. Somebody wrongs us and we don't say anything about it. We just kind of let it sit. But then like a week later, we say something really sharp, right? We say something really sharp to them to kind of like retort at them. And we, we let that ball of pent up struggle or bent up frustration kind of just pop out all at once with a really sharp comment about them, about about what they've said to us, about what they've done. We let them know that we're not quite 
pleased with them in some way. And so we just kind of let it sit. And all of a sudden, then what did I do? Like, I, I don't realize what I did or I don't recognize what I did. But all of a sudden you feel that tension. It happens a lot with roommates, right? The dishes, right? The garbage, keeping a room clean, picking up after yourself, like not picking up your share of the chores. It happens in marriage relationships a lot too, right? Struggles about work, about work-life balance, about who's going to pick up the kids, who's going to take care of this, who's going to watch that, who's paying for what in this moment, in this space, depending on how you do your finances. And it happens a lot in all of those environments as we just kind of shove things aside and kind of let them build up over and over and over and over again to the point that we kind of create this caricature of our spouse or a caricature of our roommate or a caricature of Gary, right? The guy that we work with that is always a Gary. It's always a Gary. There's a Gary watching. Hey, I feel you, man. Anyhow, this is how it works, right? Like we, we create these pent up balls of caricature of one another and we don't, we're not quick to forgive. We're not quick to, to let people off the hook. I love this quote by Hannah Arendt. She, she's really brilliant, but she says that without being forgiven, without being released from the consequences of what we have done, uh, our capacity to act would, as it were, be confined to a single deed from which we could never recover we would remain victims of its consequences forever, right? Like without being forgiven, without, without us actually releasing someone else from the consequences of what they've done, what we do is we actually confine them, we define them by this one deed or these two deeds or these three deeds and we then turn them into this caricature of someone else. We don't ever release them from the things that they did to us or the thing, no matter how big or how small. Like we don't release them from that, from that, from that prison, so to speak. And so then we create these really rough sorts of relationships. This was Jesus and Peter. Right? Like Jesus was releasing Peter in that moment from caricaturing him as this, as this guy who purported to be like his greatest friend and then just denies him. Right? Then just says, peace out. I don't really want much to do with you anymore. But that's not the way of Jesus. That's not the way that things are supposed to be. We want to make sure that we're constantly releasing people. Forgiveness is the easy thing. Right? Forgiveness is the easy step. It's building trust again that's the hard part. And that's the part that takes time. But here in this moment, we need to start releasing people from the small slights or even the big slights. Right? Release them so that they are not the victims of their consequences forever. I, I like the poet Buddy Wakefield a lot. He's kind of a, a slam poet, a spoken word poet, if you will. And he says, he says, forgiveness is relinquishing all hope for a better past. Forgiveness is relinquishing all hope for a better past. The past is the past, and we can't change what happened. We can't change what they did or the sort of tensions that are created there. But what we can do is we can relinquish the hope that that was going to be different. And we can step into a new reality, a new space where we are able to forgive and able to build something new and great that is not a distorted caricature of the people whom we're in relationship with. 
This is what Jesus did. He, he, did not, he did not hope that Peter did something different. He recognized that Peter denied him three times and then said, you know what? It is what it is. I want to move forward. I want to move into a more positive space, a more, a more positive reality with this man and be friends once again. And so we live in these spaces. We live in these times where there's these tensions that take place. And today, as we find ourselves cooped up maybe with roommates and that inability to get out because our sidewalk is not shoveled and there's six inches of snow on the ground because the snow clouds are dumping them onto the sidewalks or we're just not able to get out of, the, of, of our apartments or our houses because of where we're at in the city because of the snow. And, and we're finding ourselves really kind of at... at at what's end with each other. I want to encourage you to don't play a card game. Don't do anything that's competitive. Don't, don't pull out the Monopoly board or Scrabble because that just lends to more arguments, right? I want to actually invite you to sit down over a cup of coffee, over a meal, make, make brunch, right? If you haven't eaten yet, make brunch or, or make lunch or make dinner for your roommate, for your spouse and sit down with them and have an intentional conversation. Dive into the slights that you may have felt. Don't, don't accuse, right? This isn't about being an accusatory space, but talk to them. Have a really good conversation that's intentional about that space, about how they've made you feel, about how what they've done that was so wrong, and just say, hey, look, I wanna move past this. I wanna move forward. And use this as a space and at a time where those relationships don't necessarily have to be always in tension, but that something new can birth, something new can spring out of our snowmageddon reality here in Seattle. Remember, forgiveness is relinquishing all hope for a better past. Let's flip the page. Let's start something new. Let's step into a new place and a new reality today. Let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll, we'll conclude our gathering with our benediction, which we uh, usually do every single week anyways, because it's not a united gathering without our benediction. So let's pray. God, thanks so much for the technology that we have and the internet and how we're able to still gather together in this space and see the things that, um, that you're still moving and shaping within our community as you continue to shape us to be more and more like your son. Father, we pray today for those that are going to step into those intentional relationships, that are going to step intentionally into trying to uh, get rid of the passive-aggressive nature that, that is there within some of our, our tension in our, in our homes and in our workplaces. So, Father, we pray that you would grant us the grace and the peace and the mercy to handle those conversations well, to step into love and to step into grace. Father, it's in your son's name that we pray all these things. Amen. So every single week, we end with this thing called the benediction. And it's a prayer that we pray every single week because we want it to be the basis for who we're formed into. It's, we, we take it from St. Francis of Assisi, who kind of originally wrote this benediction, and then we've kind of added a little bit of our own flair and our own flavor to it to, to make it more about our own realities here in the city and some of the things that we're super passionate about. And so we pray this every single week as an opportunity for us to connect with that, to, to be that, to grow into that, and to be these type of people. 
So before I pray that, I want to highlight once again unitedchurch.live. So make sure that you have uh, checked in on that, that you submitted your prayer requests, that you have submitted uh, your email address to be included in that weekly email that we send out and some of the fun and exciting events that are coming up in that space. But make sure unitedchurch.live. It's pretty simple. But here's our benediction. So let's pray this together. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, hard hearts, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that you may seek truth boldly and live from deep within your heart where God's Spirit dwells. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that we may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that we may reach out our hand in comfort and turn their pain into joy. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that through Jesus Christ, we'll have the strength and power necessary to create change in this world and in our neighborhood, so that together we will courageously try what others claim cannot be done. May God bless you with remembrance that we are called to continue God's redemptive work of love and healing in God's place, in and through God's name, in God's spirit, continually creating and breathing new life and grace into everything and everyone we touch. Amen. Have a great snowpocalypse, everybody. Stay warm, stay safe, and go in peace. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at noon at 1316 3rd Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.